0: Welcome to Friends of the Force. I'm your host, Brad Whipple, and joining me today is none other than Girls with Sabres, Emrys and Luthien, How's it going?
1: Good. How are you?
0: I'm doing fantastic. I'm glad we finally got around to recording this episode. And uh, we had a bit of a scare earlier in the month with some severe weather, and we had to uh, delay uh, the recording a little bit. But I'm just super stoked that we finally got together on this glorious Thursday evening right before D23. So pretty stoked (laughs) (laughs) so yeah to just to start off a little bit with some of our listeners who might not be familiar with what you two do um could you introduce yourselves and let us know about girls with sabers
2: yes i'll start uh my name is luthien and i am one half of girls with sabers
1: and i'm iris and i'm the other half Basically, Girls with Sabers is a YouTube channel in which we do podcasts, video essays, and also edits. Um, We have backgrounds in literature, music, um, history, psychology, and so we just use all of that background to analyze Star Wars and other literature and film and music and art that we love
0: that's fantastic yeah literature and psychology it's all ingrained in star wars mm-hmm. monomyth all of that stuff so exactly. i think you guys with your background get to take a really interesting look at star wars and and i think that's important to really appreciate the the franchise fully so you know hopefully uh i'll lean on you guys a little bit to tap into some of that knowledge while we talk about anakin skywalker today but uh, you know, gotta go by the names of you guys, and we can't not talk about the elephant in the room, which is Lord of the Rings reference here, and <laughs> <laughs> this is a Star Wars podcast. However, when you have girls with sabers on the show, you gotta bring up Lord of the Rings every now and then, so there is a timestamp uh, in the description of this episode, so if you'd like to skip forward, you're certainly welcome to. However, I would advise you to stick around a little bit for the next couple minutes here and listen to our conversing about the new lord of the rings series i really want to get your guys' <laughs> take on this it's so exciting so it's okay uh, i'm a little i'm just a little <laughs> stoked <laughs> I am
2: too.
3: right yeah.
0: so for those of you out there who don't know or haven't watched lord of the rings what are you doing with your life go watch it right now i know you love star wars but lord of the rings is just as amazing and full of lore and amazingness and it's just great and it's great if storytelling we didn't
2: have Tolkien, we wouldn't have gotten lord of the rings amen i mean we wouldn't have gotten star wars yes exactly that is very true
0: tolkien is one of the most influential people in literature i think ever he is like the mark twain of you know fantasy Fantasy. the fantasy world you know oh yeah so lord of the rings is coming to amazon as an exclusive series and it looks like a couple weeks ago actually um, we had reportedly seen that this was actually going to be a 20-episode first season <gasps> on the streaming <laughs> service. <laughs> I know, right? That's how I feel every day when I think about this. I'm like, Praise oh God, God, because
2: Amazon Amazon loves to give us like eight-episode seasons, and then boom, and then we have to wait a year and a half for the next drop. They're giving us 20. Mm-hmm. Oh, chef's, chef's kiss all so, around. Yep. Am,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is so good yeah oh my gosh lord of the rings is Pass just of the lord oh, there's a the voice crack so <laughs> spaghetti fun. and meat the balls okay. lord of the rings chef's <laughs> kiss rings. yeah <laughs> so um you know i'm not going to get in the, the so this series is i guess supposed to cover the second age well which i still have to get yes. into a lot of the old lore of that stuff um I'm, I'm still a learning learning tolkien as i go um through life but uh, this really could be the next like Game of Thrones level series. I mean, I mean, you're setting it in that day and age of, you know, kind of medieval times, quote unquote, with a lot of wizardry and dragons and elves mm-hmm. and dwarves and all the rest. So it's going to be a lot different than Game of Thrones in a way. I mean, the Game of Thrones is still fantasy, but this could be the next big thing we're talking about in a couple of years here. So how, how stoked are you guys for this? And, and what what is your excitement level right now on a scale of like one to like three thousand? Or even 9,000. It's definitely over 9,000, that's for sure.
1: To infinity and beyond, basically. (laughs) Amen. Yep, I was just going to say that. I (laughs) I am so excited. And really, I mean, Lord of the Rings as the film franchise uh, gave basically fantasy CPR in cinema. It really brought back all of these epics that theaters and films were missing. So I believe that Lord of the Rings influenced Game of Thrones, which influenced another, uh, in either another refresher of all these wonderful myths and epics that we just need right now. Like I, I love, I love the addition of what Sam says to Frodo: "Is these are the stories that really matter. These are the stories that we can look back upon, and give us hope. And right now, what the world needs." Is love, sweet love? Okay, no, don't say that. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's, it's true, fire. though. <laughs> I, just, I just went there. It just is what the world needs is hope. Yeah. Um, and Lord of the Rings does not does not skip that hope. I mean, it, it has a wonderful balance of showing darkness, but in the very midst of that darkness is just a wonderful sense of her um, of sticking to hope no matter how bleak it is. And and so I just, I just hope <laughs> that's the key word today. Sorry. I'd be really boring <laughs> with my choice of words, but I just, I hope that uh, Amazon continues with, with what the tradition of,
2: of Lord of the Rings is.
0: Yeah. yeah. Luthien, did you want to add a little bit to that as well?
2: Yeah. Um, I have been a Tolkien fan for so long and when the the first trilogy came out, Fellowship, Two Towers, Return of the King, it took over my life and it was so, it was such a, a blessing and it opened my eyes up to a whole other realm of reading. If you can get through reading Tolkien, you can almost get through reading anything. Cause I would say the f- the first chunk of the Fellowship of the Ring, you're just like, oh my god, he's he's so wordy. He is so wordy. Uh it's
0: literally a character named Tom Bombadil. Like that's the most wordiest yes. character name yes. ever.
2: I feel like Tolkien put himself, like forget Baron, he is Tom Bombadil. Like really wordy and out there, <laughs> and um. But after getting, getting through that, I dove into it. And I mean like Stephen Colbert dove into it, like lore and history and all this. Like I didn't care about hi- the history class I was in. I cared about Lord of the Rings history, mm-hmm. even though I loved American history class. But it's just there's something just like Star Wars. There's something completely magical about the world. Tolkien created mm-hmm. and I can't wait to see that again you'll have a lot of fans who can't wait for this I feel bad about what happened with the Hobbit the Hobbit shows you what not to do
0: <laughs> yeah it has what its moments not but it had its different. moments
2: and I and I uh there are certain parts of that where I just geeked out and I loved it mm-hmm. but it is it is a poster child for what not to do with yeah with a tiny book mm-hmm. so I'm so stoked that we're getting a 20 episode first season that things can get fleshed out I want new fans and old fans alike to be introduced to the second age to Celebrimbor making the rings and seeing some of the characters like Galadriel and Caliborn, and uh, you know just fl- flush all this out yeah. It's so rich. It's so historical in this world, and I'm just—I'm so excited. I'm so so excited, and I think it's going to be Amazon one of Amazon's biggest uh, shows.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think at least mm-hmm. when I was growing up, being a huge fan of Lord of the Rings, I feel like a lot of people looked at that and even most things in the geekdom world as too nerdy. Like I don't want to be a part of that. Yeah, that's for nerds, you know. So that's the I, thi-
2: that's the thing, though. Yeah. I was taking my friends to see this and Mm -hmm. they weren't big nerds but and i mean they were casual fans like it would be like me taking a casual fan of star wars now or like Mm -hmm. you know but i probably saw fellowship of the ring it everyone thought it was badass Mm -hmm. if whether you read the books or not everyone thought the lord of the rings was badass and i mean it was it transcended yeah. it absolutely transcended you have you had people going eh, i could take or leave star wars i'm like well what about lord of the rings oh i loved those movies yeah, yeah. and i'm not digging on star wars but i'm saying like it it was able to transcend it had that power and mm-hmm. i think it will again especially on amazon yeah. and now you have narnia coming to netflix i mean wait what yeah yeah you yep. have Narnia
0: coming. oh to netflix. my god yep. yeah yeah oh no
1: so it's starting all over again it's
2: yeah it's it's yeah they're redoing everything yes
0: yes and and the thing too is like something like game of thrones that continued to blow the door open for so many other people and bringing them into the world of geekdom and fantasy Yeah, and 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 yeah i think game of thrones you know despite what you may think of the final season culturally it had such a huge impact on the way that people view content and what kind of content we view and even something like name of the wind Now people are getting excited for that series because that's going to be coming out soon. That's going to be another Game of of Thrones hype show. So when you throw Lord of the Rings back into the conversation now, people are going to either are going to be either revisiting it or discovering it for the first time. And that is just super exciting. And it's going to be another like a pantheon of fantasy that we're just going to be so attached to. So
2: there are stories that just need to be told. And. Mm So we start these stories off when we're children, when we're Mm -hmm. little. Uh, Parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles, whoever, you name it, telling us bedtime stories. Well, what's wrong with continuing on this journey when we're adults? Yeah. You know.
1: C.S. Lewis said that you actually never grow out out of fairy tales.
2: Exactly. At the
1: very heart of it, people may not want to hear this, but Tolkien is a is a wrote fairy tales Mm -hmm. game of thrones is a fairy
2: tale it just
1: Mm -hmm. has more immature content in it but it all comes from that same mythological tree of um these these morals that we want to teach people you think that morality isn't taught in game of thrones but it actually is yeah (laughs) uh it's just i just can't i can't wait either lord of the rings was Again, very much part of, of my life. Um, I saw Fellowship of the Rings thirteen times in theater, and I was like, "Luthien, Love I it. couldn't stop watching it." Um, I also went to the exhibit at a, a science museum where I saw all the costumes and the replicas and oh,
3: that's amazing! Um,
1: the the miniatures and things of that nature, and just all the the detail and the craftsmanship of the original film is just incredible. You can tell by, by it. It it was just made with so much love and attention. And I think that was the difference between Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. The Hobbit was made out of greed. Yes. It it really was. Yeah. It was just like, are you, I just want to (laughs) ask, were you actually looking at not, Peter Jackson but Warner Brothers, were you actually looking at the story and what the story is telling you? Because it is really much a very simple children's book about the problems of greed. And they made it out of that. that
2: <laughs> so heart. ironic. Yeah.
1: So no wonder, no wonder it just falls. Are you paying
2: attention to the narrative? You're not? Yeah. No. No. Okay.
0: <laughs> and and to speak even more to that too, you we, we just saw a recent video come out with a laundry list of people that are involved on this project from Mm -hmm. you know all these different writers and diverse and john Howe oh john yeah he's back he's back doing the art for the the show so now we're getting back to the roots of what made the original lord of the rings trilogy so special is just really understanding the source material and even in something like a star wars you have those people like dave filoni who learned from george lucas and and even more people coming into the fold like michelle rejuan who learned from jj abrams and also learned yeah. from from you know kathleen kennedy and all these other people and they're just so they understand the source material which is why they're able to create such great stories so and, you know and something like lord of the rings that's why i'm so excited for for this series um they're, they're going back to the basics they're going back to what made it special yeah. that that special Ugh. feeling so um you know it's excited
1: yeah. but i'm also terrified <laughs> <laughs> i know don't, that sounds yeah. don't be yeah. scarred but it's just I, I knew what it felt to see The Hobbit again, because I remember sitting in the theater listening to uh, Into the West by Annie Lennox and then seeing John Howes and Alan Lee's work and, and listening to that song and just crying my eyes out going, it's done we'll never see Middle Earth again. And then all of a sudden The Hobbit was announced. And you just go, I just went in with so much excitement, anticipation, because the same people who brought us Lord of the Rings brought us The Hobbit. And it was something Mm -hmm. that we were wishing for. And it was so, it was so sad what happened. And so I, I, I guess what, I am excited. I am in Infinity, Infinity and Beyond, but I'm kind of the sadder and wiser fan as well. Of I, I'm trying to, uh, re- you know, just pull back my expectations a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> so they won't be disappointed because this is something that's more than a story to so many of us. I mean, this is like Luthien said it just took took over our world uh-huh. it took over our childhood and it really became an obsession i still yeah. have my collectibles out <laughs> <laughs> and they're they're so it's just yeah i just i hope i hope amazon doesn't let us down
0: yeah well one we'll of my see. favorite collectibles speaking of those is the menace Tirith miniature i got with the oh, return of the king yeah. extended edition dvd yes. this is even before blu-ray oh. and uh christmas of 2000 yeah christmas of 2004 that was like, i got that for christmas i was like oh my god and i was freaking out and it's still uh right here actually next to me so so yeah there i mean lord of the rings when you really boil it down it's it's a story of courage and as J.R.R. Tolkien said, courage is found in unlikely places, and that is the whole point of the show. You never think, yeah. or start, the whole point of the movie, you never think a, a small hobbit who just likes the comfort of his own home would eventually be the one to save the world from complete demise just based on uh, courage. And I think the difference between courage and, and bravery is, is uh, you know, bravery is when you kind of know what lies ahead and you do it anyways, and courage is kind of unknown. You don't know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. but you take those steps, so... I think that's, you know, why it's such an inspiring story. And if you're wondering why we're talking about Lord of the Rings, besides the fact that we're just absolutely obsessed with it and I need to do a (laughs) rewatch soon. Lord of the Rings is very much rooted again in what Star Wars is. And I mean, looking even at, you know, something like a monomyth and the hero with a thousand faces by Joseph Campbell that was released in 1949, five years later. We get the first volume in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. So, I mean, J.R.R. Tolkien is very much inspired by the hero with a thousand faces, just like George Lucas was. And you see that in his writing. I mean, you have the old man wizard Gandalf and Obi-Wan. You have the hero, Luke and, and Frodo. You have the belly of the beast, which is, you know, I guess you could say Moria or... Uh, And the Death Star. And, uh, you know, there's just so many parallels to draw between Mm -hmm. these two franchises. So, I mean, it's just such a common, you know, monomyth. Again, it's just monomyth. It's something that's rooted in our our DNA and literature. And I think that's why it's so easy to relate to. So uh, absolutely love Lord of the Rings. I can't wait for it. Uh, But now we're going to turn it over to Star Wars here. So we got some things to talk about. At the time of this recording, D23 hasn't happened yet. At the time this episode is released, D23 will have happened, and everything we have said is for naught. For all we know, tomorrow they could very well say the Rise of Skywalker is canceled, and we're just sitting here like idiots talking about it. No, no, (laughs) no. Mm -mm -mm. I I guess you could kind of loosely call this episode our our sort of Rise of Nine series where, you know, I I want to talk about things that span the entire Skywalker saga leading up to the, the Rise of Skywalker and something in particular that's been on my mind recently is what's going on with little Annie. You know, Annie Skywalker, it's it's pretty fascinating because when you look at the six movies, you know, they're really about his growing up, his fall, rise, and redemption. He hasn't been mentioned at all in the sequel trilogy. And so I thought it just, you know, I, I don't know if he's going to be brought back into the fold as a force ghost. I would really love to see Hayden Christensen pop up in The Rise of Skywalker. I think that'd be really awesome and have a moment with Ben Solo because there's just so much there. And yes, I said Ben Solo. You heard me correctly. And
2: <laughs> praise and, <laughs> God.
0: Yay. <laughs> so, I thought it was important to st- take a step back. And if we're going to see Anakin Skywalker in in this upcoming film, I think it's important to look at his history, what led him up to this this point as with him as a Force ghost of his former self, of him being Anakin Skywalker no longer the machine Darth Vader. How did he go back to his old self, back to his old ways and what truly made him who he was and his good hearted self? And I think that is a one of the key takeaways from the Skywalker saga when we look back at these nine films is what does it mean to be redeemed? How can you change? How can you be a better person? Are, are people redeemable? And, and, and can we change who we are despite what we've done? So let's start off with uh, what happened with Anakin when he was on that planet of Tatooine. Are you an angel? You know, that was the first time we'd ever seen him, uh, him asking that to Padme. So do one of you want to kick it off and talk a little bit about little Annie?
2: <laughs> Emerus, you can start.
0: <laughs> I know. I know my are you an angel uh Thing threw off a lot of people, probably. No, no. <laughs> and yes, no, that I, was really. No, me. it was
2: like I was there. Like I was brought yes. back to. The I, I promise
0: that, that was me. It was not a paid child <laughs> actor that I brought on for the podcast <laughs> to say that. It's really me. No, That's
1: okay. <laughs> I, I think uh, we've said this on our in our own material, but I think it bears repeating. Whenever we talk about Anakin, is uh, the prequels are about how obsessive possessive love can tear the universe apart but we believe the sequel trilogy is the message is the opposite of that that selfless um self-sacrificial love is what's going to heal the universe is what's going to restore the galaxy far far away and so that line right there shows you it, the die is cast that Anakin does not see Padme as a human. He sees her as some sort of supernatural being. So we see right then and there that this is a star crossed couple. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, he's a little kid. And so he's going to say things <laughs> that are immature, and so, do you course, have cooties? We, exactly, <laughs> but we see that even through his development of attack of Co- clones, return of the Sith. Yeah. He never, he never matures in this understanding of who Padme is, and so we see that de- the, we see that as a demise in his character.
0: Absolutely. You know, do you think part of that as well, and, and the reason that he's unable to maybe grow in his uh, view of padme is it because of the fact that he was taken away from his mother so maybe there's some sort of underlying psychological things going on there with him like you know maybe he just is has been missing that mother figure in his life and he's and and there's just something at his core wrong and even the fact too that the jedi tell you you can't have attachment so he's got to approach this attachment to padme in such a different way that he can't properly love her like you know most relationships would be it's kind of this like weird forbidden love he's so secretive about it and it, and it causes so many different issues it's almost like more of a lust than it is a love
2: exactly. yes exactly yep. you hit the nail on the head when we get to attack of the clones it, it's been 10 years since they've seen each other and the first thing he says it, when he and obi-wan are going up that elevator oh it's been 10 years i i i couldn't i haven't stopped thinking about her in that you know amount of time i don't remember the exact script here but he right out the gate he's been obsessing over her pining over her thinking of the wishing for the day that he'd be able to see her again and he he It's so important, the relationship that not only a father and a son have, but a mother and a son have. These are the two people that separately will show you what a, should be able to show you what a healthy relationship is, but also show you what a healthy relationship is together. Their actions and reactions to each other in front of a child. Mm-hmm. He never had that. Yes, he had the love of his mother and the sacrificial love of his his mother. And that never went away. But then he was taken away. And mm-hmm. now you you're with an order that doesn't believe in those attachments at all. So his whole view of relationships is very skewed. And it's going to be extreme. Very extreme. Either it's going to be he doesn't have feelings at all or... He has feelings and they are huge and they are obsessive. Mm-hmm. So that has that has a huge effect on on his relationship with with Padme. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Again, Star Crossed, they're doomed. We see them get married in the second movie. It only goes down from there. I mean yeah. it's when you're talking trilogy.
0: Uh yeah. I love the term star-crossed as well because their theme is literally across the stars. Across the stars, yep. <laughs> Which, mm-hmm. by the way, that has got to come back in episode nine. I, I was telling... Sink I was into telling, my seat. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> I was telling Everest when we, when we heard uh, that all these major themes are going to come back in episode nine, I said, we're going to hear across the stars and we're going to hear it intertwine with Ray's theme and Ben's theme because those swirl into each other and when you flip it it plays across the stars it's like this weird you know b-side craziness going on Mm -hmm. with john williams i think we're gonna hear that all morph into ben and ray's theme
0: oh my god yeah oh that's crazy
2: and when you layer when you layer ray's theme over kylo's theme it has this eerily amazing magic to it it works and yeah, but I, I feel that all of that was done on purpose. You just don't have a theme like Across the Stars and flip it and it plays the last notes of Ray's rolling into Kylo's or whatever it is, but they yeah. roll into each other. You don't do that mm-hmm. to people who aren't going to <laughs> fall in love. You just don't. I don't see Ray and Poe's theme doing that.
1: <laughs> well, and you see that in the Last Jedi trailer. I think the Last Jedi yes. trailer is basically... A, a nice little cliff note of the whole trilogy is about mm-hmm. because you see, you hear Ray's theme and then Ben's theme and then a little bit of Luke's on our theme. And they, they're just answering back and forth, back and forth. Mm-hmm. And the very, the very in line is I need somebody to show me my place in all of this. And bam, it's Kylo's hand. Yeah. So that's the reverse Anakin right yep. there you talk about across the stars and you flip it and it's been a race theme well that's what we believe the sequel trilogy is is Mm -hmm. the reverse anakin theme is ben starting as a monster Mm -hmm. and then ending up as a hero to redeem his grandfather yep to redeem the legacy of the skywalker to finish what his grandfather started
0: exactly yep because and i couldn't have said it better honestly and if you're out there and you, and you don't see like that, this at the core of this trilogy is about Ray and Kylo and their connection and their Mm. whatever is going to end up between them. It's just a complete, in my opinion, it's a complete misread of, of this trilogy because I mean, they're just such crucial characters and they're going to ultimately be the ones that, you know, somehow balance the forest. And like you said, finish what Anakin started and maybe have that connection that Padme and Anakin couldn't have had and why, Mm -hmm. you know, the forest continue to be imbalanced. So, you know, looking between again the parallels of, of Kylo and Anakin, both are taken from their you know their parents at a young age. Anakin's taken from his mom to go train at the Jedi Temple, and even some of the Jedi there are saying he is too old to begin the training. And the, that's an idea that's continued to be talked about even in recent literature with such a uh, book such as Master and Apprentice, mm-hmm. and even Dooku Jedi Lost. Both Obi Wan and Dooku were very older Padawans to begin their training which is why I think they have such a different take on the Jedi Order and, and some of the flaws within it. And Kylo Ren is much of the same, I'm sure. I, you know, I think Luke probably followed much of the scripture for when to start training Ben and how to train Ben, and that ultimately ended up being the downfall. We learned that the Jedi were have been wrong this whole time, and it's true, they have a lot of flaws, and, and their way is not going to be the way in the future. So what do you guys think of that? Connection in terms of the the fall between Kylo and Anakin, because there are just a lot of glaring similarities in terms of leaving the nest, leaving those who brought you into existence, going off with a mentor and relying on that mentor. And then just overall, like kind of being manipulated as well, because you have Palpatine and you have Snoke invading both of these young men's minds and preying upon their vulnerabilities and turning them towards the dark side very easily.
1: A child is not never ready to make a devotion in his life. And when you join the Jedi, when you take that journey of a Padawan, you're basically committing your entire life to something. And I don't think Ben ever wanted that. And I think Anakin was very hesitant in that. You know, it's both of those moms, Leia and Shmi, kind of pushing their sons to to, to join the Jedi Order. And I think that is, well, as you said, that was detrimental to both of those boys' developments. There's a reason why parents are your parents until you're 18, because you're not mature enough <laughs> to make <laughs> lifetime commitments and decisions. And... So, you need close observations. You need your parents. You need the, that genetic tie of someone who understands you to help you become an adult. And yes, you had, they had that mentor and apprentice relationship, and that was very, that was very touching and meaningful. But there is something there's something that lacks when it's a discipling situation instead of a parent and child relationship. And I think you were very right. I think that's one of the reasons why Anakin was drawn to Padme is because he missed his mother. Um, and Padme has such a compassionate, soft, tender nature, mm-hmm. just like Shmi did. So I think he was... He, he just wanted that tenderness. And he also saw the Jedi as being rather harsh. I mean, the Jedi don't get me wrong. I love the Jedi, <laughs> but yeah. they, they basically, if you're, if you take away attachments, if attachments are something that you cannot have, you basically kill the heart of a person
3: mm-hmm.
1: because I, then what is your what is your motivation for saving the galaxy? Why right. do you want to save the galaxy? Why do you want to save a planet? It's because of the people down there. It's because of your attachments and your love for um, this world. And so it's killing off attachments is killing off the very...
0: Yeah, and I would say too the like you know a big part of Anakin's attachment, and like I said before, is because it has to be so secretive, so it doesn't allow him to have a healthy attachment, and and that's that's the issue. If he could have been more outright with it, and protecting Padme and using the right resources and talking to the right people, he probably wouldn't have had to go to somebody like Palpatine to confide in to say, hey, how can I save my wife? Whereas somebody like Obi Wan and the Council, or you know if he were to go tell them about it hey, she's in danger, like, what do I do? They'd be like, you're banned from the Jedi Order, see ya. And that's not really a great place to be in. And that's kind of the thing of desperate times call for desperate measures. And that's why Anakin was able to fall and why he was able to be manipulated. And even somebody like Kylo, who was already so vulnerable in his training, sees his master that night holding the lightsaber Again, desperate times call for desperate measures. I don't know what the repercussions of this decision is about to be, but I'm going to bring this tent down, burn the whole temple down, and I'm leaving. Like, I I can't even look back anymore. I have to only look ahead. I have to kill the past. Can't work with him anymore. So it's, it, you know, the Jedi's ways weren't healthy to, you know, psychological development and just being a good person in some ways. I don't know. There's just, there's way too much secrecy and... Yeah, that's kind of my two, two cents on the matter.
1: <laughs> Have you ever played Knights of the Old Republic game? I haven't. Um, it, 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 there Um, is a lot of parallels between that game and the sequel trilogy. And there's a character named Joe Lee. And I looked at this up because what you were saying, I was like, this mirrors Joe Lee and what he has to say about the Jedi. Because. He says this, he left the Jedi Order because he saw flaws and he, he didn't, basically the Jedi Council wouldn't listen to him, but he says this, the Jedi, with their damnable sense of over caution, would tell you love is something to avoid. Thankfully, anyone who so even partially alive would know that's not true. Love doesn't lead to the dark side. Passion leads to Rage. Controlling your passions while being loved, that's why they should teach you to be aware. But love itself, love will save you, will not condemn you. And I think that's one of the reasons, as you said, that, that the Jedi fell. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just passionate love between a man and a woman. It's also love between a master and apprentice. If, if, like you said, if Anakin could be forefront with Obi-Wan Kenobi and actually be honest and talk to him about what was going on, how, what would have happened differently?
2: Mm-hmm. You didn't get Obi-Wan saying he loved Anakin until the bitter end. I loved you, Anakin. You were my brother. If you had just told him that, yep. he might not have fallen this far. Yeah. I mean, it's, how can you expect someone to succeed when you tell him he's the chosen one, but then you take him down a peg or two and tell him he can't be a part of the council? I mean, you're telling him he's one of them from the very beginning, you're the chosen one. I mean, you could be the most powerful Jedi we have ever encountered, but wait, 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 wait. Nope. You can't be on the council. Mm -hmm. I mean, no wonder he fell. He was being puffed up in his own order and then brought down a peg. Then you have Palpatine who's feeding off of this like it's oxygen. I mean, it's... He had nowhere to go but down.
0: It was the perfect storm, especially for somebody like Palpatine. Mm -hmm. Here's this extremely vulnerable kid who doesn't have a dad left his mother at a very young age, doesn't feel like his master has his best interests in him, doesn't feel like his own Jedi Order doesn't have his best interests in him. His own apprentice, Ahsoka Tano, left said Jedi Uh Order because she did not believe in it, and his wife is going to die at some point, and he knows this, Mm -hmm. and he sees it. He will go to any length possible to do that. So Palpatine is extremely wicked and extremely terrifying. And mm-hmm. I want to kind of pinpoint and get your guys' opinion. What do you think was the biggest? If we have a, if we have a pie chart of Anakin Skywalker's <laughs> fall, what is that biggest slice of the pie when you're looking at what, what do you think led to his downfall the most? For me, I would say, honestly, it had to do with his mother's death. Because the one true thing in his life that had been going well until he was snatched away and brought to the order was just his relationship with his mom he's at home building droids building this pod racer with kitster wizard and (laughs) he's just having a great time as a kid living life and like you said it's it's too young of an age to just be snatched up and go lead a job for the rest of your life imagine somebody coming up to you and say hey uh, you're six years old. You're going to go in a cubicle for the next 90 years and answer telephone calls and sell paper to people. And you'd be like, okay. Probably mess with you a little bit developmentally. So to, for somebody to say, hey, like, hey, you have the highest chlorian count ever and you're going to come be a Jedi and you're the chosen one. You're going to bring balance to the force. He's just like, I want breakfast though. <laughs> <laughs> I just woke up. <laughs> I just want to eat Pop-Tarts like that's a lot for a kid and for him to go back to his roots have all those memories coming back see Watto the the very you know even though Watto was kind of a scumbag and his he was a slave like I don't know there's some kind of relationship there. I still I still think that helped Anakin become who he was growing up and to watch his mother die in his arms and for him to just go full dark side and for Padme to watch it happen
4: Stay with me, Mom. Everything... I...
3: I, I love...
0: the women and the children too like even though it's a meme it's actually one of the darkest moments of his life i think because that is when he first truly falls i feel like to the dark side and you he it's the first time you hear the imperial uh theme in the prequel trilogy yeah play that after yep. he says it and it's just so powerful
4: every single one of them and not just the men but the women and the children too they're like animals, and I slaughtered them like animals. I hate them.
0: What What are your guys' thoughts? What's that biggest slice of the pie for Anakin Skywalker?
2: I think it was... I, th- I would say the biggest slice is the death of his... Mother, not just the death, the way she died. But yep. I feel that there are little uh, little circles of, you know, other thin slices around it. but And also in this other big slice. <laughs> because I think the next slice in that of the death of his mother is the fear.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The fear and the anxiety of losing the next most important woman in his life, the fear alone of losing her, the way he lost his mother, I think yeah. that is is just as paramount as the the act of, of his mother dying. So I think the the fear, and the anxiety uh, and all that encompassed in losing Padme is what truly pushed him. Pushed him further than than anything. Mm-hmm. It's already not healthy, and it's already you see it already developing unhealthy undertones. Uh, but there, I feel there really is is that a plus b equals c
0: mm-hmm. and fear leads to anger anger leads to hate and yes leads to exactly yeah and exactly like you said he gets that's when he first gets that fear instilled in him mm-hmm. and he's not able to confide in anybody else with that fear yep he tries to yep. go to yoda and and yoda all yoda tells him is Let go of everything you fear to lose. Right. Yoda, what are you even saying? That's so like, you can't just drop everything at the. But it's not like he
2: can even tell them
0: that he has this relationship
2: with her. He can't. Everything's secret. So it's this, this domino effect of Mm
0: -hmm.
2: consequences. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, and it bottles up. It's never helped you to bottle up your emotions and not talk to anybody about it because it leads to an explosive outburst. And for Anakin, that explosive outburst was deciding to cut off Mace Windu's hand and just throw him out a window. So that, I mean, that, and then he even was regretful after it. What have I done? It's Mm -hmm. been bottling up inside of you forever. And this is what it's led to. And at that point, he's just, you know what? Might as well deal with what I've done and continue on with it and let Palpatine Mm -hmm. show me the way. Emrys, what about you? What do you think was Anakin's uh, biggest part of his downfall?
1: I agree with every, everything you just said. I, I agree that the, the catalyst was his mother's death, but I think it, it was also um, the separation from his mother at a very young age. I think that if he was allowed to stay at Tatooine <laughs> and learn the ways of the Jedi, uh, and still live with his mom and grow up with his mom, then he would have the foundation of being able to make that decision at a later moment. I also think that communication is a problem, too, as, as you were saying. Um, I think that Luke made the same conclusion that we have on two. He talks about how... Um, the Jedi Order did it is did exactly what the First Order is doing, taking children, taking babies away from their family to create an army. And so I, I think it was devastating for him to have separation at that moment.
0: Absolutely. And looking at Anakin and even Kylo Ren and Ben Solo, a lot of their issues, too, revolve around the issue of identity. Who am I? And I mm-hmm. think that is a very, very common theme throughout the Star Wars saga. And I love it. And it's why I love Rey not being anybody important. It's just exactly. being no- nobody. Who am I?
1: Yeah.
0: And yeah. when you look at somebody like Anakin Skywalker, who am I? I don't have a dad. I'm the chosen one. What does that mean? What does that mean for me? How do I make sense of that? What, am, what kind of expectations are had of me?
1: Ooh, Who ooh. am I? Oh, goodness. You just, you just inspired a light bulb moment. Or maybe it isn't a light bulb moment. But <laughs> the monomyth is about finding your father, reconciling with your father. Well, Anka never had a father to begin with. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to find your father to um, find that missing piece of yourself if you never have that role model of masculinity in your life. Yeah. So if I, I think that was also another one of his problems is all of his family led to his mom. And if you take his mom away, then you take... His only human connection away, right? His only family connection away. That is you could such say a good that.
2: Point. Yeah, you could say that about Qui Gon. Qui Gon was very much and could have been, would have been, yes, a very yes. big good father figure point. to yes. Anakin, and he would have been a balanced father figure because he wasn't on the council. He was probably the most balanced of the Jedi that were living Mm -hmm. and around at the time if he would have lived i think he would have been a very good influence on anakin and i'm not saying obi-wan wasn't but he became anakin's master at a very young age as well And, and now you're he's grieving he just lost his master so and it's hard because now Jedi's are telling you you can't have attachments and but you're how are you to grieve for a master? You don't even know how to grieve properly. Yep. So there's so much heartache. But who do you talk to about this? So mm-hmm. and and Obi-Wan says, You were my brother. Obi-Wan was always meant to be a brother. Qui-Gon was the father that was, was lost. The father yep. that Anakin should have had and didn't have. Yep. That's a very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And s- elaborating on that too, with a father figure for Kylo, his father figure was Han Solo. But Han Solo, as we yeah. saw, once there was no longer a cause to fight for, fell back into his old ways and became. Yep. Became gone. He was distant, completely gone. And that is a failure on Han Solo's part. I love the guy, but I mean, he didn't live up to the expectations of what a, a father should be doing. And when you ship him off to Luke Skywalker and Kylo's in that tent watching Luke above him with that lightsaber, that's his next father figure basically dying in his own eyes. Mm -hmm. Luke Skywalker is dead to Kylo in that moment. So yes, even though Luke Skywalker didn't intend to kill Kylo Ren, in Kylo Ren's eyes, that's the important part of that scene. In his eyes, that's how he viewed his next father figure now leaving him Anakin's Qui-Gon leaving him, dying in front, you know,
3: uh-huh.
0: uh, in front of Obi-Wan. So there's a lot going on. I do want to ask you though, what do, do you think Anakin would have fallen to the dark side if Qui-Gon had lived? This is something I've been thinking about for a couple months. Actually, I would love to hear your your brief thoughts on it.
1: I think there was some distrust of Anakin with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan, especially in the Phantom Menace. Looked at Anakin with a lot of suspicion, um, where
0: and jealousy too. Yeah, yes.
1: exactly. And when you're a kid and you're left alone, now you lost your mother. Now you lost your father, um, and the person that is above you is suspicious of you and doesn't believe you like the one that you left with. So I, I think that that is a very good point. Uh, that was. That was his link to the Jedi, and he lost that link. He lost the one person that absolutely believed he was the chosen one. Because when he was brought to the Jedi Council, uh, Yoda didn't even want to take Mm -hmm. him on. So I think that's one of the reasons why he fought with them so much during Attack of the Clones. And nothing went the way that he was told it was going to happen because no one trusted or believed in him.
2: Hindsight is just so 2020. And I feel that if Qui-Gon had lived, I I think Anakin certainly would have been more balanced. Qui-Gon also would have had more experience to see the warning signs of the way Anakin was going. I think Anakin might have, yes, he went to Yoda and Mace. He, he tried talking a little bit to Obi-Wan. It, it of course, failed. I think Qui-Gon would have been a little bit more patient and would have listened. Who, who knows? I think Qui-Gon also might have seen through Palpatine a bit more if he would have Mm -hmm. lived. God, that would have
0: been fascinating. It would,
2: it it really would have. It really would have seen what would have happened. It would also be interesting if it would have been a role reversal and Obi-Wan is the one who would have fallen to the dark. I really do feel like it would have been Anakin and Qui-Gon developing such a relationship that Obi-Wan would have felt pushed to the side Mm -hmm. and would have felt neglected. And it could have been Palpatine getting into his ear. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. One line that I find interesting in this discussion is Anakin, when he's fighting Obi-Wan says, I see, I see through the lies of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. Those lies of the Jedi's from his point of view is what Palpatine's told him. So when you take a, when you take somebody like Qui-Gon who doesn't necessarily think the jedi are lying he just thinks they're a little bit off yeah, yeah. so yeah. for him to have somebody like qui-gon around telling him hey you know believe everything you hear from them but also don't yeah and to right? kind of give him like you said balance he would have led yeah to be more balanced he would have showed him both sides of it kind of like how dooku showed Qui-Gon you know here are some prophecies you know don't go full into the prophecies and don't go crazy about them but here you can you can stay up late with the prophecies if you want yeah I won't Mm -hmm. I'll turn a blind eye to it you know (laughs) kind of sounds horrible when you put it that way but yeah (laughs) you know like that's kind of the same thing and somebody like Dooku is like and I mean that whole lineage you have Yoda Dooku Qui-Gon all the in in at least Dooku and Qui-Gon are like the two people who are are still very balanced even though Dooku is you know quote-unquote Sith Mm -hmm. and he does some pretty awful things like he is still tries to make reason with Obi-Wan in Attack of the Clones and say hey this is happening can you help me and that's another instance where Obi-Wan doesn't trust him but if Qui-Gon was around maybe Obi-Wan would have trusted Dooku more and they could have taken down Sidious together which then would have prevented Anakin from falling to the dark side there's so much that could have happened with right, Qui-Gon around, you right. know it's really it's really really insane which is yeah. why i even want to see him more involved in the kenobi series now we can get all these like you said hindsight's 2020 20. hey master qui-gon here's what just happened <laughs> i totally yeah. effed yeah. up and <laughs> yes. then Qui could be like well here's where you went wrong <laughs> let's pull out a list <laughs> and he like unrolls a list that like rolls across the Tatooine desert. He's like, we're (laughs) going to start with reason one, by the way. So you have another 40 years to wait around for Luke to grow up.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And also you look how Obi corrected Anakin. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, I I don't want to be too hard on Obi-Wan, but the way that he corrected Anakin was more of like an older brother (laughs)
3: correcting. Yeah. Like he
1: was rolling his eyes and it was almost Mm -hmm. like a, Beating a puppy with a newspaper, like stop that! Instead of, instead of teaching Anakin with patience and um, tolerance, like like he would have been taught. So where, I, it, again, it's that developmental thing. If you don't have the right mentor, if you don't have the right teacher, you don't have the right like a parenting figure in your life. It has devastating effects for. Yeah. Your entire,
2: yeah, the look way at, that you walk. Look at Obi-Wan uh and Luke in A New Hope. Who was my father? And you know, Obi-Wan goes on to say uh Darth Vader killed your father. And what if he would have explained from the beginning what happened to his father? I mean, it would have changed the whole sequence of events. It would have changed you had you had Luke, you had Darth Vader himself telling Luke he was his father. So you have the people who are supposed to be these, this parental figure, you have Obi-Wan not even telling Luke the truth, thinking that it's for the best. But what if he would have told Luke everything? How would that have changed everything? For good or bad?
0: Yep. They're uh, it's so layered, honestly. I know. Oh, uh, God. Qui-Gon is that just again master and apprentice by the way if you if you're out here listening and you haven't read it go read that book right now because it it, there's just so much to it and it really also helps change your perspective on the anakin and obi or anakin and obi-wan relationship but yeah like we said hindsight is 2020 obi-wan meant well it's just again he he wasn't even trained properly because his master you know died Mm -hmm. so again it's the same developmental problems that we see leading to an or anakin falling to the dark side and becoming darth vader and one of our listeners actually eric eilerson from the living force podcast he wants to know what is the moment that you think anakin ceased to exist and darth vader took over now as we see at the revenge of this at the end of revenge of the sith anakin's still in there where is padme is she safe is she all right still on his mind he can't get over it So I don't think that's necessarily him turning the dark side immediately and ceasing to exist when he goes, no, (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's the moment, but what do you guys think?
1: I think Luke gives you the answer. No one ever is really gone. And that's what Luke understood. Luke understood that his father was still in that suit somewhere that Anakin Skywalker still existed. It was Obi-Wan and Yoda who gave up and said, no, just kill him. And Luke decided Mm -hmm. to take the role of compassion and attachment instead of order of authority and, and darkness. So he, and even the way that Darth Vader's suit was constructed, it was constructed with dark side alchemy as a way of power to contain and squeeze in Anakin Skywalker from emerging mm-hmm. so it, it was almost like a, a coffin that suit yeah. was almost like a coffin I mean even in in Return of the Sith where that revenge revenge thank you revenge of the Sith oops it's late guys sorry there's a lot of movie titles (laughs) going around here you know he right when that helmet goes on the last words that Anakin that we see Anakin saying is help me Padme I mean that was his his last plea so yeah he's never Anakin has never ceased to exist even now I mean that's the very last statement of the code of the Jedi. There, you know, death does not exist. There's only the Force.
2: What you just said, Emrys, made me wonder, did they literally t- tell, did Yoda and Obi-Wan literally tell Luke to kill him? Because from what I can remember in the, you know, the back brewing coffee pot of my mind is that they say you have to destroy Darth Vader. Did they actually say you have to kill your father or you have to kill him? Um, Because I'm wondering if that is a clue for us going into the sequel trilogy as far as Ray is concerned with Ray, And even she says it in the novel. If I, I to save Ben, I have to stop Kylo Ren. She never said kill him. She said I have to stop Kylo Ren. So it'd be, yeah, it'd be interesting if in any ancillary material or in the movies themselves, if they said, you must kill Mm -hmm. Darth Vader. I just
0: actually pulled up the clip here. Um, Okay. What Obi-Wan tells Luke on Dagobah in in Return of the Jedi is you must face Darth Vader again. And Luke's first response is, I can't kill him.
2: Yeah, so Luke is the one who says, I can't kill my own father, but they never said he had to. It's
0: mm-hmm. a very good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But
2: I, I think, like, and I 100% agree with Emrys. I think the, the moment he let the dark side fully consume him is when he killed the younglings.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh-huh. You, I think the spark was when he killed uh, the sand people or uh who, whoever but the the moment the dark side truly took hold was when he killed the younglings yeah. i wouldn't say he truly became darth vader in that moment but that mm-hmm. was a huge turning point
0: yeah i mean even obi-wan that's when he goes to tell padme when he says i yep. saw him killing younglings." it's like hard for him to even utter yes. the words because yep. it's like so so terrible it's awful so that's a very good point. You know, like you said, no one's ever really gone. Mm-hmm. And attachment truly was the saving grace for Anakin Skywalker. Because if you think about that throne room battle differently, and if you think about Luke in that moment going by the Jedi Creed and saying, I can't have any attachment. There's no attachment whatsoever. He doesn't give a crap about his friends on the forest moon of Endor. He doesn't give a crap about the rebel alliance fighting outside the window and he doesn't give a crap about his dad either he doesn't care to stand up and say i'm a jedi like my father before me if he doesn't believe Mm -hmm. in that if he's not attached to his dad still he kills his dad and he becomes emperor's new apprentice end of end of the story Attachment is what is saved anakin skywalker it's what saved the rebellion and looking forward in the sequel trilogy it's what's gonna destroy the resistance we're gonna fight We're not going to fight what we hate, but say what we love. And I keep uttering that phrase because I I think of it in a new way every time I say it. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't even think of it in the terms of the Jedi code. But it's true. If you fight for what you love, like how Luke fought for Darth Vader and how Rey is fighting for Kylo. Yeah, sure. They had a little bit of a breakup at the end of Last Jedi. But
2: that's He's not the, the end house. of the story. He's in the doghouse. Yeah, exactly. You're <laughs> kicked yeah. out. You're yep. sleeping
0: with the wolves tonight. He's grab sleeping a blanket. On <laughs> you're not getting any pillows either. You're just going out yeah. there. It's a three dog <laughs> night. <laughs> yep. So yep. We're, we're going to see that connection reestablished. They've had a year. It's kind of like that post breakup where you see your ex for the first time a year later and you're like, hey, how's uh, how's life going? So they're going to have that forced moment again a Forced Skype. It's what's going to open. I think it's going to be in, within the first half hour of the rise of Skywalker. Oh, yeah, they're going oh, yeah. To, yeah definitely. They're going to reconnect. Like,
2: so, so, did she have a good summer? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's going to be so awkward.
0: That <laughs> yeah. was summer camp, so Ben. Do? Yeah, summer camp, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, and summer, I and good, I think good, that's good, what's yeah, going to, okay. and again, even, even Luke says no one's ever really gone at the end of The Last Jedi. He says it for a reason. And like, yeah, he drops yeah. the dice and says, you know, you could think like Han, but I think the reminder there is, you know, you and Han made this kid. Yes. You look how great of people you two are. No one's ever really gone. This is where Ben came from. These dice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that, that yep. goes
1: back to what Laura Santeca said at the very beginning. You will read. You'll discover the truth that is your family. You'll remember it, and it's finding. It's finding the father again. Snoke yep. says that you have too much of your father's heart in you. Mm-hmm. young solo so he is going to remember that he is Han solo's son and he's going to remember that he is the the son of a skywalker his mother is a skywalker so yes right. it's it's going to be great
2: the wait. rise
0: of skywalker
2: <laughs> yes it's a... ah! and the rise of skywalker
0: in my mind and this this whole time has has truly meant Skywalker is going to rise and this is not going to happen again. We're done with this. Yep. This is it. And yep. Kylo and Ray are going to be the ones to finally make that happen. Kylo is going to finish what his grandfather started. Like you said, it's going to be done. Grandfather, show me again the light and show me how to fix all of this. Show me how to fix everything that I've done. You've killed younglings. You've killed sand people. You've destroyed a galaxy. Yeah. How did you come back from that? How do I come back from that? You know, I have I don't necessarily think Kylo's done as bad of deeds as Vader's done. No. I think just because he kills Han Solo right. doesn't make him But it's him the irredeemable. generational
2: anguish. It's the generational uh bend in the road that needs to be corrected and mm-hmm. Ben is the last Skywalker left. Leia mm. is possibly we're going to see her die. And mm. He is the Skywalker that's going to rise, but also through him, the bloodline in and of itself is going to rise back up. Right now, it is an infamy. Mm -hmm. You have the whole galaxy learning that Darth Vader is Leia Organa's father. Yep. And that did not go over so well. Mm -hmm. The name of Anakin Skywalker needs to rise again the legend of luke skywalker needs to rise again Mm -hmm. the legend of skywalker period needs to rise again and we needed two things to help this family to help this this bloodline we needed a scavenger and we needed a scoundrel Mm -hmm. a solo heart Pumping the Skywalker, the mighty Skywalker blood is the key.
1: Yeah. Well, and you, you have Leia touching that half of the saber, the legacy saber that split into, we have everything we need. We have that legacy. It's broken, but it's still there. And you see that in this, we talked about Lord of the Rings. What happens to push Aragorn to return when the shards of Narsil is put together and you'll have that legacy sword legacy lightsaber put together. It's that Excalibur moment. So yes, Anakin is never mentioned in the sequel trilogy, but Mm -hmm. his saber is there and that's his soul. That's being reprepared.
2: Can you imagine if he calls that lightsaber to him, As it's fixed, and that is how he is able to kill whatever or kill Sidious. I mean, if that flies into his hand, can you imagine? I will literally
0: scream in the If we can
2: think of all of this, you damn well know J.J. Abrams can think of all of this. And that's
0: me. Yeah, what I think of happening is I, I think it's literally going to mirror The Force Awakens where Palpatine like throws Kylo off in some direction, like how Kylo threw Rey into a tree, and Palpatine's gonna be like lightninging Rey on the ground, and just kind of like how Palpatine was lightninging—I don't even know if I'm saying the word right—he was force lightning Luke in Return of the Jedi, and just the same way Darth wow. Vader comes in and destroys Palpatine kylo's gonna come back in finish what his grandfather started and come in and destroy palpatine and you're gonna see the lightsaber on the ground it's gonna jiggle a little bit and then it's gonna go over to kylo and the binary sunset's gonna gonna play again Oh God! Can I you can melt. you imagine
2: Sidious just going off and even <laughs> chastising the whole Skywalker name, and Ben rising, literally rising up wherever he is again, and going, "I am a Skywalker, <laughs> like my mother before me, and my <laughs> uncle before me, and my grandfather before me." And then that final blow is, "But I am also a Solo." Rip apart! I mean,
0: a thousand generations so living you now. Yes! What if Luke's not saying yes! that to? what if he's saying it to ben i believe yeah,
2: i believe yes. he's saying it to ben it's both
1: i believe it yeah both. i think it's they are the chosen one yes
2: together. yeah two they're, halves of the protagonist so i think oh, it's both of them damn. it's
1: it's it's their fight it's it's your fight yep. yeah so i think mm-hmm. they're the perfect halves of, of
3: both
0: yeah yep. it's so yes. hard because i don't like to go into movies with expectations i really don't <laughs> i still think i'll be happy with however <laughs> <laughs> the movie wraps up but like at the same time like talking through all this with you guys and how i mean the the skywalker saga is a story about redemption yes. and that's the skywalker that's going to be the skywalker legend for eons to come in the galaxy yeah. whenever and and i liked i would like to think that maybe to wrap up the whole nine movie saga is to have a future flash forward showing the droids or Ray or somebody telling the story of the Skywalkers showing a new group of Jedi. Hey, here's this story. Let's talk about it. And this is, you know, like teaching them the true way that they need to, to grow up and, and be Jedi and not, and you know, bring, uh, um, allow attachment to happen and teach these kids or these future generations that you can make mistakes and you can be a better person afterwards. You can choose to be different. It's a, it's a story about redemption, so I can't not see it happening in this movie. I cannot not see Ben Solo being redeemed. It's you so mean hard. You
1: have that in Crate. You know, not Crate, I'm sorry. Canto Bide, the very beginning. I mean, the very end. My goodness. I'm just mixing up words
3: <laughs> um, You're <laughs> good.
1: At, at, you, at Canto Bide, you have those three kids playing What happened on crate? That's what I was trying to say. My brain just, you know, scrambled it all together. But you see them reenacting that. And you (laughs) see Luke and Han and Leia. I mean, the little girl literally has two little side buns. And I think that's what they're saying is this story repeats over and over. And these stories that these kids grow up to become the, the model for them to follow. And their in future generations. And I think, I mean, people make fun of the broom boy, but that whole symbolism is that it's being passed on the story, the myth, the Skywalker myth is being passed on. So those kids can bring in the new, the new Jedi order to order with Ray and Ben.
2: Yeah. yeah. You have, can you imagine if, and Daisy said, this is going to be very satisfying, Can you imagine if, and we know one of George's early visions for the whole entire saga was it being told from R2's perspective?
0: I would. Or R2 is telling the story. They're the only, the droid is the only thing that's been throughout all nine films. Correct. And it hasn't had his memory wiped.
2: Right. Yeah. Uh, C three POs and a lot of people are saying C three POs the MacGuffin and something about his memory and getting a memory card and put back blah 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 whatever have you, but R two is the only one who's never had his memory wiped, and George has stated that in early stuff R two his vision is R two telling the story. So what if we do get that Lord of the Rings type ending where they stick true to that? We see Sam at the very end turning around going, I'm back. And that was legit the end of the book. Now, what if we have R2 saying just like in... Return of the Jedi where both the droids are explaining the story of their battle so far and you have you have Han leaning against wherever and Leia leans on him what if you have Ben leaning in the doorway just like his father and just like Anakin did watching Padme and then you have Rey leaning against him and they're just listening to this I mean or it's their grandchildren I mean whatever it's such a mirror. So, but what a beautiful parallel and a mirror that that is, uh, to me, just stating that aloud is very satisfying. And, and the, now this has ended with a family that is together. It's ended with a, a family that was always, that Anakin and Padme always wanted and they could never have. So now the bloodline is satisfied as well
1: that's why we believe the end of the Skywalker saga does not mean the end of the Skywalker saga- Skywalker line because mm-hmm. the, the blood it, it's been redeemed. The name has been redeemed. Mm-hmm. So we believe that it's going to give way to the solo. The
2: solo yep. saga.
0: Well, to kind of tie up this whole episode in one nice little bow and go back to what we were talking about earlier with Lord of the Rings. I want to reference Sam's speech from the end of the Two Towers movie, which I think is very applicable to the story of the Skywalkers and kind of what it teaches us, and in general how the Lord of the Rings taught us, even the smallest person can change the course of the future. So Sam says, he talks about the great stories, and he says those are the ones that really mattered, full of darkness and danger they were, and sometimes you didn't want to know the end, because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad happened? But in the end, it's only a passing Mm -hmm. thing. The shadow, even darkness must pass. A new day will come, and when the sun shines, it will shine out the clearer. Those are the stories that stayed with you that meant something, even if you were too small to understand why. And a lot of those folks in those stories had lots of chances of turning back, only they didn't because they were holding on to something. And Frodo asks him, what were they holding on to, Sam? And Sam says that there is some good in this world, Mr. Frodo, and it's worth fighting for. And that is the story of the Skywalker yes, saga. Yes. <laughs> well, I enjoyed the heck out of this episode, and you guys will definitely be back on Friends of the Forest at some point. So thank you again.
2: Thank you so much for having thank us. You. It was so much fun. Yeah.
0: Now, where can listeners listen to girls with sabres and where can they find you on social media?
2: So you can, our channel is YouTube. We're based on YouTube. So you can just type in Girls with Sabers and find us and click that old subscribe button. And our that's basically where our platform is. That's where our podcast is. That's where our video essays are and all the other video edits that we do. Our social media, we are on Instagram as girls underscore with underscore sabers. We are on Facebook as Girls with Sabers. We have a Patreon page. So search for Girls with Sabers there if you want to give some some coin. Uh, we are on Twitter. We are at Girls W Sabers. And we are on Tumblr as well at Girls with Sabers, but Girls has two L's because someone yoinked Girls with Sabers with one L. <laughs> so that's the only one that's really no. confusing and has confused a lot of people, but... Yeah, so if you're on Tumblr, we are girls with sabers, but with two L's.
1: And if you go to our YouTube page, there's all those links right there. So you can just click away and follow us everywhere. Don't even worry about
2: typing anything. Just go to our YouTube about page and click 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 them all. Just click,
1: click, click,
3: click. (laughs) Yep.
0: that's amazing well you guys were so awesome i'm i'm so happy we got you on the show finally and again you're going to be coming back at some point And if you're out there listening go hit the subscribe button give them your give them your subscription support everything they're doing that's kind of what we're here at friends of the force doing is we're, we're bringing other podcasters and content creators on we're trying to build this community of uh, of like-minded star wars fan and we just all want to support each other that's that's what we were here for at the end of the day so thank you all for listening to today's episode I really hope you enjoyed it and if you have a minute to make sure you go over to wherever you listen to this podcast and rate and review Friends of the Force. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, you name it. You can find us at Friends of the Force on Twitter and Friends of the Force on Instagram, both of which include links to our website. And you can find me at Brad Whipple personally, where I try to post fun memes and talk about college football. We also now have a Patreon, patreon.com Friends of the Force. And I post a lot of fun announcements and extra content on there, starting at just $1 a month. As of the time of this recording, thank you to our patrons as of right now Aldranian Rose, Charlie Skywalker, Neil Lowry, Gina Sanders, and Royal Farmboy. And the newest member to our Patreon, Timothy Toasted Zen. So thank you all so much. And Friends of the Forest is also now part of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. That is at We Are Escape Pods. Again, the Star Wars Yay! Escape Pods Network Yay! promoting positivity and fandom so luthien emrys thank you guys again so much i I, I, I could talk about this for another like two hours but (laughs) we all have lives outside the realm of star wars so until next time everybody we are all ones of the force we're all friends of the force and may the force be with you always
4: it's like in the great stories mr frugal the ones that really mattered Full of darkness and danger they were. And sometimes you didn't want to know the end. Because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing. The shadow. Even darkness must pass. A new day will come. And when the sun shines, it'll shine out the clearer. Those were the stories that stayed with you, that meant something, even if you were too small to understand why. But I think, Mr. Fogel, I do understand. I know now. Folk in those stories had lots of chances of turning back. Only they didn't. They kept going because they were holding on to something. What are we holding on to, Sam? But there's some good in this world, Mr. Froome. And it's worth fighting.